Welcome to iPhone. What's up, y'all? Welcome to episode 82 of I4O. Um, we have a solo show today, so you guys get to hear just my beautiful voice tonight. Um, so sit back, grab your favorite evening drink, and join me on a ride through this week's tech news. Um, so it's been a bit of a slower January when it comes to technology. Uh, there was a larger data breach that happened recently, but we are not going to talk about that today. That is the collection number one breach for anybody who is curious about that. Um, I was actually just changing my Google password as a result of that breach because there was an astonishing 773 million records exposed in this breach. So. Take that as a word of warning, and if you decide you need to, um, go ahead and change any of the passwords you think. And also, there's always the reference of haveibeenpwned.com to go and double-check if your email has been compromised in any of these breaches. Um, it has been updated with this latest list, so um, anybody who's looking to find out if they need to change anything, go ahead and check that. But without further ado, I think we should get straight into the first topic. Uh, it looks like Volkswagen is going to be readying a $50 billion technology shift to directly compete with Tesla. So looking into this news, it looks like they're going to be ramping up aggressive plans to slash costs in order to lift their profits um, a few years ahead of what they were originally anticipating. So. Um, anybody who has been following Volkswagen closely should see this as not a big surprise because they were preparing for a $25 billion push um, into electric vehicles and power packs, but it seems now that they are completely all in on this. Um, so what they have, basically the long story short is that their CEO says, or their COO says, um, they must force the pace to their transformation, become more efficient and agile. And what they've achieved so far is not enough. So there is a large push to get this technology off the ground from Volkswagen. So that's exciting to see. Uh, I know Elon Musk and Tesla have welcomed competition by opening their patents and by going very into any of the um, just allowing people to get into that market space and trying to make it as easy as possible for companies to enter. But um, and we've also seen news from Volvo in the past, as well as several other automakers. So it's nice to see one of the, the more well-known and globally recognized automakers. Not that Volvo and these other car companies aren't. It's just that I think Volkswagen has a bit more of a weight when it comes to when you think of car dealers. Um, so it's definitely nice. Um, some of the concepts look cool, but that's what, that's what they are. They're concepts. Um, but so... Uh, they plan to spend $14 billion itself on a brand on EVs and next-gen car technology, and they expect to have over 20 fully electric vehicles by 2025, which is a little bit larger than the two vehicles that they have right now that are electric. Um, so it looks like it says they're just going to be doing something similar to Tesla. They're just trimming the fat off of the management ranks. Uh, they're taking away redundant positions. Uh, they're trying to slash factory and production costs by consolidating its product offerings by reducing the number of options that buyers can select. Um, so 
there's they're taking a number of steps in order to make this an actual possibility and i think that's definitely exciting to see volkswagen getting into this market because i think that the electric auto industry is a huge boom and for anybody who is following global politics in any way i think that the having the u.s and I know the Volkswagen is in the U.S., but they have a major force in the U.S., and this may lead more um, domestic U.S. automakers to push to make more electric vehicles. But uh, if anybody is looking to get a hold in this market, I think that the first people in are going to be the, the the key decision makers for the entire industry going forward, just because this is more about technology and less about um, stuff that we've used to do before with cars. So. I think that you're going to see a push going forward in order to see these automakers make the transition into electric vehicles um, just because gas prices are expensive in other countries too, especially since not every country in the world has domestic gas. So this is definitely a lucrative market, especially as auto batteries get a lot more efficient. I know there are Teslas that are capable of upwards of 300 miles on one charge. So it's not surprising to me to see that um, this is going to be something that's going to be a key, f a key thing when it comes to the auto industry in general. And it's good to see Volkswagen taking the charge on that. Um, speaking of taking the charge, everybody, when they think of Google Chrome, um, has really never, like when you think of Chrome, you think of everyone uses it everything supports it it's got extensions that work it's a very powerful browser for somebody integrated in the google ecosystem but one of the things that you do not think of is efficiency with its memory and how chrome has handled that in the past both with tabs and with basically everything about its memory management um and this comes uh, at the heels of the news that we reported about, I think it was a couple months ago, talking about how Microsoft was going to be pairing with Google Chrome and the Chromium team in order to integrate Edge into that ecosystem and kind of take, take a step back from what they're currently doing now with Edge and bring it more towards the open platform of Chromium and um, just because it is proven to be the better platform. Um, Edge has finally admitted that it no longer has the edge, if you will, on its competition. So it seems like there's going to be a bit of a push to work together, uh, if you will, on some of these um, browsers that are going to be in the future. And hopefully we see Edge get much better as a result of this. But a side effect is that Chrome will too, because who else knows Windows better than Microsoft? Um so what they're going to be doing, this is the official statement from Microsoft, is that we will offer Windows platform expertise to improve the experience of all Chromium-based browsers on Windows. Uh, it says that we recognize that making the web better on Windows is good for our customers and welcome the opportunity to partner, and especially in the areas of battery life, touch, accessibility, security, and other areas of mutual interest. So this just kind of goes off of the heels of what we've talked about in earlier shows saying that this is just overall a great move when it comes to uh, Chrome, Chromium, Microsoft, and maybe Edge. So uh, the more people who work on this platform, the more attention it will get, the more security updates it will get, the stronger of a platform it becomes, and the more it's solidified as like the de facto browser on any platform. 
And I think Microsoft sees that and they admit that um, Chromium has the edge in that department. Uh, not to make not to make a pun, um, so they've held back in the past a lot of like previous of their like if you want to call it secret sauce or their secret stuff that makes Edge run so efficiently on um, Windows, they're gonna start sharing a little bit more of that now. So uh, hardware acceleration, touch and scrolling support, accessibility improvements platform support for ARM-based processors, which is important because I think ARM processors are going to be more and more integrated into laptop experiences. And I think that's more what people are using these types of Windows machines for. I think the era of the desktop is being um, pushed to more of the professional and enthusiast categories. So it's nice to see ARM support come through for especially this open source project, just because more and more computers as the years go on are going to run on Chromium and ARM-based processors and browsers. So um, it's not going to be open sourcing Windows. Uh, it's not going to be sharing its code. It's not going to be um, it's not going to be doing anything like that. But um, any changes that it does commit to the Chromium rendering engine to benefit Edge will also benefit Chrome. So that's huge. So um, it seems. It's a really interesting twist when you think about it. It's not something I ever really expected to hear from Microsoft, especially when you think of like when people think of Microsoft, they think of the early aughts and nineties Microsoft, where you literally were seeing them go to court with the European Union over antitrust. So it's this is like if you had told me ten years ago that Microsoft was going to be working with Chrome and or working with other browsers. And, and not only that, but adopting the same open source platform that they use, I would have called you a liar. So this is huge news and I think very exciting going forward for anybody who does work, both work developing Chromium as well as use these browsers. So even just regular people will just see leaps and bounds of improvements come through from Chromium. So that's exciting um, and definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, another article we have is that Amazon Music customers, and this is actually a very interesting update. Um, this is something I thought Amazon was missing. So Amazon Music customers can now communicate with Alexa much more naturally than they used to be able to. So Amazon Music, which is reportedly the third largest subscription-based music service worldwide, which I didn't really think about. I guess that's because it's discounted whenever you have a Prime membership, so that's a nice little benefit that you have there. <clears throat> they are announcing a new set of features which will allow Amazon Music customers to chat with Alexa in a more natural way, and the features will allow customers to engage in back-and-forth conversations with um, Alexa, or I'm sorry, I'll call, I'll call it Echo just to prevent triggering anybody's um, assistance. I don't want to do that for you guys. It's not a new integration per se, but it definitely is um, much more of a step in the direction that I would have assumed Amazon would take it. Um, just because Amazon has this uh, Echo platform behind it. And I think that it's only natural that they start to integrate it into more of their additional services to make things more 
convenient for people who are buying into this ecosystem because at CES every year it's not a matter of um, will products have the Echo support, but which ones and what appliances are going to begin to adopt this type of thing. So I don't think it's a far cry to say that most devices in like a typical kitchen that sit on a counter will be capable of either interacting with you or playing music to some extent. And it's only natural that if Amazon wants to be that product that sits in everyone's home, then they need to double down on the echo within those devices. So it's over the years. Um, and I've seen this just through various devices that I've owned. Um, you can ask, you can ask for music by mood, genre, or lyrics, or more. Um, but those have always just been like play pop music or play a song that goes like this and then say some lyrics afterwards. Um, and now it's going to be a bit different. So now it's going to be more of what people who have these products are used to. So for example, you'd be able to say, Echo, help me find a playlist or help me find music for a holiday party or help me find dinner music. I don't know many people who look, I guess that would be if you're eating dinner, but that's, I've never really said dinner music. It's always just been like a genre of music associated with eating, I guess. I don't know. That's weird to me, but that's neither here nor there. Um, and you can also say, help me find a playlist and direct it towards the genre. So it's, it seems like they're really doubling down on the voice assistant and integrating it in with all of this new stuff, which is actually really exciting if you ask me. And I think that it's been, it's a long time coming for them. And, uh, it's still going to be directed to playlist by mood or tempo, um, in addition to genre and occasion. Um, but after the initial command, it's going to follow up with questions to further tailor that to the individual user. So um, sometimes they'll throw jokes and corny comments and um, just some additional personality as well, just to make it a little bit more conversational. And I think that's a, a big step in getting people to be more comfortable with these voice assistants in their house. Um, so for example, it would say, like help me find a holiday party and it's then it throws in a Christmas joke and it says any vibe in particular mellow maybe upbeat um, then it's help me find a holiday playlist and then it's sure let's sample a few playlists shall we narrow it down to country or maybe jazz or and it's like so you can see how it like offers support like it'll not only is it just literally answering your question but it's giving you a push in the right direction towards your interests. So let's say you, you typically go with jazz. It could be like, Oh, you've, um, you've typically played jazz. Um, do you want to narrow it down to that? Or do you want to do something like country or whatever? Um, and then another one it can go for, like, were you thinking any vibe in particular, which I think is extremely weird just because of how vague of a comment that is, but you can say relaxed or upbeat vibe or, um, narrowing it down to pop music or more classical music. So you can see like the, the limitations here really are endless when it comes to the expanse of the voice assistant in that ecosystem. And I think this is a, a really compelling thing for really anybody who has an echo device. So if you own any of these devices, you can definitely look forward to, uh, or even if you're just someone who has the app on your phone and you have integrated a little bit more with 
Amazon Music. This is something that'll be a little bit more of a of a nicety for you to have and something that'll help make the service a little bit more worth your while just because it's being continually updated and and no one has ever really talked, I think, about Amazon Music aside from just some of the deals that they've done and talked about what services come with the Echo, but um, I don't think there's ever been really a huge overhaul like this for that service. Um, so this definitely is something interesting. And, and also, if you wanted to double check that in the show notes, there is an article that um, walks through a large number of scenarios that can happen and a large number of various interactions recorded by this TechCrunch author who is, let's see, Sarah Perez. So thank you for that. Um, I do not have an Echo device, so I cannot test this myself, but um, this is definitely exciting. Um, moving right along, there is Google News. So more voice stuff. Um, just for the this is Google taking a different approach to Amazon. This isn't them expanding into play music. This isn't that. Um, but what this is, is Google taking a more, um, more of a strong approach on curation of news, um, audio news in particular through the assistant. So, um, I'll, and they're kind of hearkening back to the days of radio when people, um, used to have a show you're dropped in right there at that time to wherever the news cycle happens to be um and the only difference with this is imagine that but controlled and governed by the assistant so it's saying imagine if you have your own radio one that's available on demand accessible throughout your day and brings you news about the world and your interests, which is the important thing here, which Google is putting a lot of its AI behind, uh, integrating deeper into your specific news interests and trying to curate you a more accurate news rotation that's more relevant to what you care about in the news. So um, they've been working with uh, publishers from around the world, so Associated Press, Hollywood Reporter, Universal Online, South China Morning Post, um, and they're building the prototype which brings AI to Google News to the voice context of the assistant. So earlier we saw the Google News app get an update, and I have actually fully switched over all of my news apps to that in particular just because it's so much better at curating news that I find interesting. and. Um, it gives me the ability to view competing coverage from different news organizations if I'm trying to get a different opinion to see if one of them is just hyperbolizing it. Um, and it looks like they're integrating this same technology into audio as well. Um, so they're building out an open specification available for news organizations that want to participate. So um, it relies on single topic stories segmented out from newscasts or shows. Uh, contributing to the audio newsfeed. So it looks like they may be even sourcing from podcasts from this. Um, so it's, it's interesting this push that we have from voice and the assistant and things that's happening with whether it's an Echo device or whether it's a Google Assistant to um, bring audio more into the life of a person and make it less of a, make it less of a transaction and more of a, a proactive interaction and to and more anticipate your needs. And I think 
we're just now beginning to cross that line into like the second stage of voice assistance. So earlier and in CES in the past and in other shows, um, a lot of the voice assistants would simply just be transaction based. So you'd say like, okay, turn the lights on and it would do that. Or like, okay, do this and it would do that. Um, but now it's beginning to expand a little bit more and it's beginning to um, learn the interests of people, learn what people typically want to do next to try to not only anticipate what you're going to tell it, but um, maybe even prompt you on something that you might have not thought to ask next as a follow-up or um, get people who haven't really spent much time with this technology more integrated and learn more about what it truly is capable of. So I think this is a fascinating approach and I, I like that they're opening this up to news organizations because having a device deliver you the news in the morning is nice because especially as more and more people integrate these devices throughout their house, it becomes far easier for someone to throw the news on, play it across the entire house, and it's now you have basically a podcast across your whole house. So you can listen to topics and stories that are interesting to you, but at the same time getting both local and like global news. So this is a very fascinating story, and I'm definitely excited to see the future of audio news as well as music. Um, but this is just one part of like a bigger conversation that I wanted to have in this particular podcast. Um, and it's especially nice because I get to tell it directly to you guys. So um, there was this really interesting TechCrunch article that I wanted to talk about. And it said seven, it was titled Seven Things to Think About Voice. And it really kind of got me thinking a little bit um, more and more about how voice automation is taking over more and more aspects of our lives. Um, it's not going to change everything that's true, but it's, um, it's going to be a part of how our relationship with these devices, these screens, the data that we see and interact with and, um, everything kind of all plays together. So that's something that, um, I've saw, especially at CES this year, there was a large number of devices that were fully integrated with the Google, Google assistant and, I don't know if anybody had been keeping up with some of the tech YouTubers, but there was a couple that went on to this giant yacht and the yacht was fully integrated with an assistant. And it was like, it was like, Oh, okay. Let's, like, let's turn the lights down in this room. And it follows you from room to room. And the, the technology in is, is more of an interaction and less of a, a transaction. So it's kind of, it sees you enter the room and it knows who you are based on fa facial recognition so it adjusts the temperature of the room or it dims the blinds to like a setting that you prefer um, and I think this is an interesting conversation to have especially now that CES is over and a lot of these devices are either in the process of coming out or just fading away into the infinite of vaporware um, but I think, um, I, th I think voice assistants have a bigger role and I think it's not utilized as much as it could be. So thinking less about items and more about the experience of this ecosystem that we're slowly beginning to develop with, whether it's more curated news or whether it's more music, um, and a conversation to have about music. Um, it's something that is interesting and it's a 
different kind of technological revolution that I don't think we've seen the likes of yet. Um, more, sp more particularly, um, we've seen uh, internet and people have said TV won't kill the or TV didn't kill the radio. Um, microwaves not going to destroy the oven. Uh, VHS isn't going to destroy movie theaters. Much like that, voice is not going to wipe out a previous existing industry. Um, something like the smartphone, that killed off a lot of different industries, but this is something that can just integrate seamlessly into everything that we have. And I think it's... I used to say that um, the voice assistant and IoT market that we have is going to be a lot like the electrical revolution back when electricity was first invented and uh, harnessed for devices where people would just stick it in everything and see what works for it. Um, I'm, I'm convinced that this is now going to be the next technological revolution. We have, um, with when people think of UI and people think of computers, it's something that a lot of people associate with mice, keyboards, monitors, speakers, stuff like that. Um, but when you think about voice, it can be any of those things or none of those things. Um, so touchscreens don't work in vehicles. They don't work at the gym. They are really, really nice at making applic tactile applications. Computer mice are good at point and click. They're not very good at any kind of more specific configuration that requires anything beyond just a simple point-and-click UI. Um, we've learned all where, where the best use case for all of these things are. And I think with voice, it's not going to destroy any brands. It's not going to hurt keyboard sales or touchscreen sales. Um, it's just going to become another input. So you'll have keyboard, mouse, and voice, as well as like touch and... Um, any other of the UI that we've all grown up with and everybody knows about. Um, so one of the things is that I think what's what makes voice exciting is that um, it's not using ways to add voice to interaction to current systems, but it's considering new applications and interactions that we haven't seen before. So at the moment, um, the burden is on us to find the limitations of voice rather than have voice work around what we need. Um, so like think of, I always think of like in Hollywood, there's voice assistants that anticipate what you need and when you need it. And one of the, the better examples of this is from the movie her. And it's when he's first configuring his operating system and it's not him walking through a UI. He like sits down in front of this screen and it looks like he's about to install an, a traditional operating system in the way that everybody's seen before. But um, when it boots up, it begins, it initiates a conversation with him. And through asking questions that have almost nothing to do with the, with what you would traditionally think a computer would need in order to configure its settings, it has a conversation like, what was your relationship like with your mother? Do you prefer this, that, or the other thing? And it was like a very like, streamlined and very nice conversation and it's not not something at all you would think of walking through like a setup wizard on a windows computer or stepping through install instructions on a mac or anything like that um it's uh 
it's it's these new types of interactions that this second wave of voice i think is what is really going to solidify voice assistance and voice input as something that is very important for society going forward i think especially as augmented reality um, expands in use i think that voice interaction is going to be just another facet of that input Um, so most of our stuff is still designed around this so a lot of it is further out so it's not something that i would expect to see very soon but over the next several years it's something that is definitely exciting um so it's just whether it's just ordering an uber for you right now because you wanted to try it on a voice assistant or whether it's saying like add this to my shopping list or whether it's saying um go and see when the store closes or something like that um we're starting to see things especially when you look at like the google's duplex um and this new amazon music subscription service where it's more of a conversation in that this thing will actually perform a service for you and it will reach out on its own and schedule appointments or the Amazon music will say like, okay, what kind of vibe are you feeling today? It's like, you listen to this typically, but, um, are you usually like you, you're usually listening to more mellow music. Do you want to do that? Or, um, are you looking for something more upbeat? Um, so, and I think as some of the younger, people who grow up with this technology get older i think we're going to start to see more advances in those different fields so people who grew up thinking of voice first people kids who are today um asking the echo for jokes or talking to the google assistant for um, what a whale sounds like or something like that are going to grow up thinking of voices equally as important of an input as a mouse keyboard or a touchscreen. so when they grow up um their native understanding of what these devices are capable of will, I think, push this industry farther and into places that we've never thought of. Um, And another way to think about it is um, it's more of something that we can use to connect between us and the things that we're seeing on our screen, for example. Uh, So one of the things that um, jumped out to me in this article was the examples that they provided in... um, that section saying that you should be able to yell at the Netflix carousel to change the show or um, talk to TV ads to add those products that you see in those ads if you think one's funny to a shopping list or um, just change how you interact with technology. And I think that as voice assistants become more proactive, um, I think that is when this really gets exciting. So, for example, if something is... Um, if something is more proactive, we may not necessarily have to communicate with it first. So, uh, imagining like walking home and it greets you and says, would you like me to turn on the evening lights or saying that you're running late for a meeting? Should I order an Uber to get you there? Or, um, your normal bike station has no bikes or while it's sunny out now, it's projected to rain later. So make sure you bring an umbrella with you. Um, and you can kind of see where I'm going with this. It's extremely exciting. And the technology behind this is fascinating. And I think it can only go upwards from here. So it's going to be exciting to see where this technology goes and how it evolves and who is a part of this. And especially um, some of the new stuff, it's going to just be fascinating to see what technology comes out of voice and how 
and as we learn how to interact with this platform like what people decide to test it out with and see what it's capable of and a lot of people also consider voice as well as a way to potentially automate so um, saying for example um, suggesting email replies or Amazon suggesting things to reply or to purchase or Siri suggesting apps to use um, we'd be more used to applications taking that layer of thought out of our heads so it's something one less thing to think about one less thing to worry about um, we like and, and we already do this with smartphones for example so we don't no one really remembers any phone numbers anymore no one really remembers addresses nobody remembers birthdays um, we rely on apps or our devices in order to recollect this information or even on experiences as well such as like google photos and People are taking more pictures than ever because they have a smartphone camera in their pocket, which enables them to do that. And um, it's becoming more natural. And as we, as that becomes more natural, people will feel more comfortable outsourcing these decisions to a device. And if it's through voice, I think that may even be more natural. Um, it's like we can already see that now with the Echo devices being used to order stuff off of Amazon um, or assistant off of Walmart. So... Um, and replenishing subscriptions and getting more information about your day-to-day -day and what's more important to you. So it's just a little bit of food for thought and just something to think about um, the future of voice technology. And uh, it's a nice way to kind of end the show a little bit, if you will, um, just because it is something that is not talked about. And I think it's an, an industry that is getting ready to evolve in more ways than we can even think of um but on that note uh, i think i'm gonna let you guys uh rest on that one and i think it's about time for the show to end so with that being said um i know it was a bit of a slow week this week there wasn't a whole lot in news um, everything that i talked about today will be in the show notes but if you liked what you heard uh, feel free to check us out on either Twitch or YouTube. We stream once a week. It's been a little less consistent nowadays just because um, real life is getting in the way of um, the podcast. But let that stand that this will the show will go on, um, for if you will. But if you happen to miss our live show because of our wild inconsistencies, then you can feel free to check us out on um literally any podcasting platform i think urban recently just added us to overcast so uh you can find us there you can find us on uh spotify itunes google play um literally anywhere like if you can't tell us we'll we'll find out how to get there um and then also speaking of voice you can even have your assistant play the latest episode of our podcast so um if you wanted to try that um go ahead and do it and have fun with that so and delve into the history of I4O and just a little bit of a look back into who we are as people. So um, with that being said, I hope you enjoyed today's episode and I will see you guys in the next one. Peace.